Welcome to the Free Speech Union podcast. I'm Dane Giroux, spokesperson for the Free Speech Union. We have a repeat guest today for this emergency special edition of the podcast. She was only here a week or two ago, actually. Um, But in the free speech game, a week can be an exceedingly long time, we've learned. Beth Johnson is a spokesperson for Speak Up for Women, a women's rights group that are no strangers to controversy and, sadly, cancellations. They are currently undertaking a national tour where they hope to discuss proposed changes to the Births, Deaths and Marriages Bill, specifically changes that would make it easier for people to formally acknowledge their identified gender and the impact that may have on women. But... Many councils have cancelled bookings for the group, and we're talking publicly owned venues here, and what have clearly been breaches to our Bill of Rights. But there has been a dramatic development today. Kia ora, Beth. Thank you for joining us. Kia ora, Dane. Thank you for having me on the podcast again. So do tell. Okay, well, um, yeah, it's been a big day today. We've filed High Court proceedings against the Auckland and Palmerston North Councils. And that's following um, their last-minute cancellation of room bookings that we had for our public uh, events uh, that were actually to go ahead later this week. So we were meant to be in Palmerston North on Friday and at the Auckland venue on Sunday. And after accepting our bookings and many weeks going past, within a week of the event about to take place, um, they sent us notification that they were cancelling the bookings. One of the reasons we're taking this action is that we find the reasons given by the councils for book, uh, cancelling the bookings really unsatisfactory. Um, In particular, we're really hurt by the reasoning um, given by Auckland Council. And effectively, what they said is that they are concerned that our views would, for lack of a better word, contaminate the venue. And that even though none of their staff would actually be at the venue, just the knowledge that we had spoken there could impact on their staff and other venue users in the future. It's a highly offensive reason for cancelling a group of women who want to speak about upcoming legislation that will impact us. Yeah, that seems an extremely strange uh, rationale for for cancelling you um almost a supernatural cosmic reason (laughs) yeah Uh, so i mean did they mention the bill of rights or the fact that they couldn't discriminate based on political beliefs here i mean these are publicly uh owned venues um that should be protected by our bill of rights yeah absolutely and look that's one of the reasons why um the legal um, counsel that we have um, advised taking this action um, because we believe that their reasoning for cancelling the venue bookings was actually faulty. Uh, They have preferenced the feelings of one set of people over the rights of another set of people. So in this instance, they perceive that some of their staff will have negative feelings about our group and our political position and our political views about this bill. And they're actually putting those feelings above our rights that are protected. Yeah. So it really comes down to offence being taken, doesn't it? Yeah, no, that's exactly what um, the application, um, especially from Auckland Council, has been, that they um, they're sort of couching it in this idea of health and safety, but they're talking about the mental health and safety of staff. And I guess this court case will test that thinking and if that's actually enough of a reason to impinge on our rights to freedom of assembly and association. We didn't take this action lightly and obviously we couldn't have done it without the support of the Free Speech Union. So we're really grateful um, to you guys for making our rights really clear to us and for helping us stand up to this. 
because as individuals and you know I'm a mum I'm a feminist I'm a lefty for what it's worth Um, and you know the thought that our own council city councils could treat us like such pariahs um, for holding opinions and even just for asking questions about legislation is yeah we've drifted a really scary way into authoritarianism and I didn't even know we were anywhere near this. I want to take a little bit of a detour maybe just to talk about health and safety and I don't know whether you can speak to this but I was in a band many years ago and when a a venue owner talked to me about health and safety he was talking about fire exits and people getting trampled and stuff and Mm. all this kind of stuff but today it really people seem to be using it to talk about hurt feelings like you know as we've sort of brought up this is very woolly isn't it I mean you could literally use that to cancel anybody couldn't you well any political opponent absolutely because you know in politics there's always going to be people who can take offense or um you know be angered by a position that somebody else holds and that's the whole purpose of um, being able to have freedom of thought and freedom of speech um is that you know you shouldn't be allowed to shut people down just because you take offense um so yeah, it's interesting because Massey University um, got a legal opinion um, when they cancelled our booking back in 2019. Subsequently, David Seymour hosted us at the Banquet Hall of Parliament. So we got a lot more um, publicity and we got a better venue out of it. Um, but the legal opinion Massey got was that they that, that they could hide behind this nebulous concept of health and safety for their students. Um, incidentally, our booking without actually outside of term time. So there was going to be no students even on campus. But nevertheless, they still went with this line about health and safety. Now, that hasn't been challenged as far as I know. And I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't believe that that, that thinking has been challenged. Uh, and obviously, it's gained traction in the last couple of years because now the councils are getting in on the action um, of trying to extend the idea of health and safety to encompass uh, mental health and safety or well-being. Um, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what uh, comes out of these court proceedings. No, sure. I mean, it, it seems to me a very, very dangerous uh, card to play for anyone because, I mean, it could be used against them uh, mm. as well in, 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 you know, in a very short space of time. I mean, if we, we saw a dramatic culture shift, the same thinking could be used against them. So it seems like they're playing an extremely short game um, in order to just, yeah, shut down views that they don't respect. So you've taken action a, a, against Palmerston North City Council also. Now, this yeah. story is a bit more quirky, isn't it? What, 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 yeah. what happened there? Yeah, so really odd one. So we've been having really nice interaction with them and discussing advertising the event on their website and it was all going nicely. And then they contacted us to say, hey, can we push it out by half an hour so it starts at 6.30 rather than 6? And we said, okay, yep. Um, And the the reason was that it was right on closing time for the library and they didn't want to disrupt our event by closing procedures. And so we um, duly updated all of our promotional materials and, and published the new start time. Um, and then just a couple of days ago, uh, I think I'm living in dog years at the moment, it must have been on Friday, they just sent us an email completely out of the blue saying, you know, on consideration, um, we've taken views of the community, uh, we've decided to cancel your booking, and we're instead going to put on a debate um, that will explore various different viewpoints on the bill, and you will be invited to attend. So not even invited to speak necessarily, but invited to attend. Uh, so there was no reference to health and safety in this instance. There was um, 
no consideration of our rights at all. It was literally just, we're cancelling, um, we're doing something different. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's sort of, do they even understand their duty to um, steward public assets? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that was a very clear one for us to, to challenge. Well, that, that doesn't sound like they understand them at all because someone in there has, you know, by the sounds of things, has re- received a complaint or two or has spoken to people and decided, oh, well, okay, we'll, we won't proceed with this one. We'll um, we'll sort of make things right by uh, <laughs> having, like, a, a counter-event on that night instead. Uh, that's not really the way it works. Like, um, no. You know, people who are yeah looking after public venues should not be acting in that way at all. So you've been denied a venue, and they've denied it without giving you any good reason, and have then just decided to create a different sort of event that counters what you would have done. Um, That's exactly right. And look, um, we as a separate issue would absolutely love to debate this issue because for the last three years we've been told that we're hateful to even think about it. We're hateful to want to talk about this legislation. Uh, and um, there will be no debate is the line that is run by the opposition, that this just has to happen, it's a human right, and there'll be no debate. So uh, we have on many occasions wanted to have a public debate. Uh, We really do welcome um, Palmerston North Library uh, facilitating a debate, Uh, but that is a completely separate event to our right to have a public meeting and talk about the things that we want to talk about. So um, you have had some successful... Uh, speaking engagements happen, haven't you? Like uh, uh, in publicly run venues? Talk us through some of the success stories. Yeah, so, uh, well, Christchurch City Council, Christchurch was our first event uh, and the the library in Christchurch um, did a similar number and cancelled the event. We actually managed to secure, this is before we'd spoken to the Free Speech Union, we managed to secure a separate private venue and we had our event. Um, About eight protesters came along and they... uh, they were outside, but we invited them to come in um, and listen to our talk on the condition that they didn't interrupt, but that they could ask whatever questions they wanted at the end during the, the ample half an hour of question and answer time that we had. Uh, so they came in, they dominated that question and answer time, but we actually had a really good productive discussion and there was no uh, violence or anything bad. It was a, a heated um productive public meeting, so exactly how democracy should be. Uh, so we would consider Christchurch to be a really successful meeting. Um, We then went to Nelson um, where a large protest was arranged and we actually had a a council hall, council-owned community hall venue. Um, Nelson Council so far has been been the only council that hasn't um, wobbled on us. They uh, held held true to the fact that we had the right to speak. Um, They worked with us on a health and safety plan that was based on physical health and safety. So we had security guards at the event. There was traffic management outside to manage the protesters. The police were briefed on what was happening. They didn't actually attend. No one needed to call them because the protesters peacefully protested outside and we had our meeting inside. Um, And again, there was absolutely no incidents. The police weren't required to attend. Um, No one was harmed in the making of that event and it was a success. So... Yeah, that goes to show it can be done, um, and that's how it should be done. But but you're so you are having so you've had issues with pretty much Bar Nelson, and of course there were councillors even there who had had some pretty strong things to say against you. Yes. One I even noticed I, I read a post where a young councillor said, "Oh, you know, we we got to we got to work on changing 
the law or something so we can ban these people in the future. They wanted to change um, their policy uh, around venue hiring so that they could circumvent the law. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, wait, well, that's ridiculous. But I- anyway, so but 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 Nelson, you know, despite that, uh, um, went ahead. But apart from Nelson, uh, pretty much all of the all of the councils have have given you problems. Yes, that's that's absolutely right. Um, we were due to speak in um, Dunedin last week, and the council uh, cancelled our booking. Um, we're actually in uh, separate negotiations with Dunedin Council, so I can't go into too much of that at the moment. Um, but they've narrowly avoided joining um, their friends in Auckland and Palmerston North. Uh, so yes, um, so far only Nelson has actually honoured um, our rights. Just to meet and speak. <laughs> I know. Um, we've just, um, I should plug my Tauranga um, appearance. So we've literally just today announced Tauranga. Um, so the way our events are working is that when there are people in in a area that are keen to hear us talk, if they arrange a venue, um, we'll come down and talk. So Tauranga has just come online now for um, July the 10th, which is a Saturday at the uh, Greaton Community Hall. So it's another um, council-owned venue from 2.30 to 3.30. Anyone's welcome to come along to that. So that's the latest the latest booking. We've got uh, Wellington coming up on the 15th of July um, at the uh, Michael Fowler Centre. That's another council-owned venue. And, and what's happened with Wellington? Because I, I did notice a few councillors had some things to say there as well. It's like it's it's amazing how many um, uh, stridently anti-democratic councillors there are in these councils. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Actually, I would go as far as to say it's corrupt because they're on Twitter openly talking about how they intend to apply pressure to the CEO of the council to cancel our booking. So how they don't believe that they have duties to uphold the Bill of Rights as councillors, I, I don't know. Um, but, but that's what's happening in Wellington um, with multiple councillors. They told us on Friday that they would come back to confirm our booking. Um, they haven't done that. Uh, so we believe that they're gearing up to go the way of Auckland and Palmerston North. And so preemptively today, we've, we've let them know that... Um, you know, that they're more than welcome to join the proceedings with Palmerston North and Auckland, um, or they can confirm our booking. Um, so we're just waiting to hear which way they're going to go. Well, it seems like the courts really are the only option at this point, uh, doesn't it? And um, and I have to say, um, it's, it's very important that um, we get some sort of success, to be honest, because, you know, some groups or, or individuals or, or whoever, they'd never be able to match the might of councils and legal teams and the costs associated with it, mm-hmm. which, of course, is a big reason why the free speech union exists, really. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say for people listening who may have doubts, now, we don't pick a side here. The side we pick is free speech. So if this was completely reversed and people, trans activists, were, were not able to get into councils, that we would be fighting alongside them to get them into these publicly owned venues. There's no doubt about that. That's, you know, with free speech, if you defend one voice, you're defending all voices. You really are. And I think that, um, uh, you know, the original case that um, we took against Auckland City Council um, to defend Stefan Molyneux and... Um, uh, Lauren Southern, the, the, the Canadian uh, hard right um, YouTubers, uh, people at the time were like, well, why would you defend them? We were never defending them. No. A- and, and the fact that we're here with you now is really proof we were mm. never defending them. This is what we were concerned about. And this is where we are. 
I mean, you know, I I say we're not picking a side here, but you're a feminist group. Mm. You know, you don't don't have horns growing out of your heads. (laughs) You know. This is is the thing, and I I agree with you. I I mean, we've never tried to have anyone cancelled or deplatformed. And it's, it is actually terrifying. I mean, yes, we're a feminist group. Um, I'm, I'm a mum. I'm a lefty. I'm interested in politics. I'm really concerned about a piece of legislation that's coming up before Parliament. I'm concerned about the impact it's going to have on other pieces of law that protect women's rights. Um, I support the current law remaining as it is. So this is the law that allows people to change the sex recorded on their birth certificate. Uh, This bill is going to uh, remove all safeguarding steps of the family court and medical evidence and replace it with a statutory declaration. So sign a piece of paper, there's your new birth certificate, your sex has changed. Now that has knock-on effects to the Human Rights Act and all other sorts of pieces of law. And we've had the benefit of some pretty substantial legal analysis that stands behind this, which is why I'm able to stand up and say I'm concerned about this law, Um, but we support the current law. So it's a pretty tame position um, to be saying, look, let's keep things as they are. Let's, you know, think about the knock-on effects of this law before we pass it. Um, It's not actually about um, taking a position on, on trans rights. It's about saying women's rights exist tenuously in law and let's not erode them. Um, yeah, so it's definitely not, I wouldn't even say it's controversial. I would say a lot of your detractors would not even really know that. I think they would not have any clue that um, you uh, support the status quo. I, I, yeah. I just don't think they'd know that. No, and this is a problem. You know, there's been there's been a lot of misinformation and, um, you know, the, the people who want to pass sex self-identification law um, and there's a... a international um, lobby group and they fund some of the lobby groups here in this country they've got this political agenda to pass um, sex self-identification laws in as many countries as they can and there's a lot of pressure coming on New Zealand um, to pass these laws and there's a lot of misinformation about feminist groups like Speak Up for Women that that raise questions Um, it's not by accident that they pay to us as a hate group and um, you know say no debate because they they know that if we speak about these things, people will hear that actually we're reasonable and we've got reasonable concerns. Um, but unfortunately, certain councillors and you know other members of the public have kind of bought into this line that we're we're somehow hateful um, and that they're using that um, belief, I would say false belief, to justify infringing on our rights. I talked about a short game earlier. Um, I just do not believe that you can make effective change through censorship mm. and oppressing people and, and, and by punitively sort of, uh, you know, cancellations or any of the stuff that we're seeing today that, that, that people are engaging in. I don't, I can't think of any meaningful social change that has taken place in that way. Mm. I can't think of one. Mm. Like, I mean, maybe someone can, can tweet and, <laughs> and enlighten me on this, but like the gay rights movement, for instance, like I, I um, know uh, Bill Logan. Yeah. Bill Logan, who's, you know, a Trotskyite and a socialist and mm. everything. For him, it was all about free speech. It was all about challenging his opponents. Mm. And, and one chap, uh, a man, James uh, Peters in Auckland, who was uh, one of the activists back then too, told me that uh, there was a, um, uh, 
a speech happening where someone, uh, maybe one of the religious right or someone like that, was uh, like just being completely like the stuff coming out of his mouth was you just wouldn't believe he could have said that kind of stuff about mm. about gay people. Mm. And um, uh, there were TV cameras there, but, you know, they, they were never going to put that kind of stuff on the TV. But he turned to his friend and said, uh, I, I wish I wish they would actually show all of this. Yes. Because because we would win. And, yeah. and that's what a lot of these people don't understand. It's like, why are you afraid of debate? You yeah. Know? Yeah. If you are right, you're just giving them rope by <laughs> having the debate with them, aren't you? I mean, don't, don't you believe that? I, I mean, it seems to me if you if you're that prepared to shut people down, you can't have that much conviction in your own arguments. Well, absolutely. I mean, as I say, I don't believe they necessarily do. We we brought out Megan Murphy, who's a a prominent feminist from Canada. Canada passed one of one of the first countries in the world to pass these sex self identification laws, and she's been charting um, the damage it's done to to women's rights over there. So we brought her to New Zealand to, as a you know to, to talk to us about the dangers of this law, um, and uh, TV three got her on. I can't remember the name of the news program and. Uh, they tried really hard to find someone to debate her and not one person would go on who supported this bill and actually debate her. Um, you know, and that was three years ago. We haven't had any luck since having people engage with our arguments. They just want to tarnish our reputations. There's another concern too, trans people. I mean, there, there would be many that aren't even that political and don't want what a bar of this who just want to get on with their lives either way some of these activists are making the idea of a trans person synonymous with cancellation with being silenced with being denied venues with with anti-democratic sort of movements that's really concerning isn't it for like for, for trans people who are basically a, a lot of them will be in the i mean obviously there's some people who are involved in the activism but there'd be a lot who are just who don't want to be associated with this kind of stuff i'm sure I mean, absolutely, and I would say um, it doesn't reflect on the, the whole community. There are a few um, organisations and activists within within those organisations that have appointed themselves as spokespeople for the whole community. But as you say, a lot of um, transgender people, and you know, we often get, um, especially older transsexuals, write to us. They support the current process, obviously, that they went through um, to change their birth certificates. Um, yet that they they don't want this conflict um, and they don't want this law change um, but certainly from my perspective I don't hold the whole community to account for the, the noisy activists. No you don't but I, I do worry that some people will. Some people who, who read about this stuff and hear about what's happening may form uh, those sorts of opinions uh, about yeah. trans people. Yeah. They may I just see them as being synonymous with cancellation, with not being able to speak, with, I mean, I use this example a lot, but, you know, I'm Jewish. Mm. Uh, um, the the anti-Israel movement, uh, I have a, a problem with a lot of the rhetoric, mm. but if I, if I had a magic wand and could silence them all tomorrow, I, I just do not think it would help the community. I think it would grow resentment yes. and cause a lot of issues for us. So I, I just don't know. And, and I, sometimes I do wonder if it's because a lot of the activists aren't a part of those groups and it just makes sense to them. Well, this is hateful, therefore silence it. But, you know, there's a bigger picture going on with yeah. stuff like this. And you can really, you know, you can really turn people against you doing this stuff. Yeah. No, I think you're, you're absolutely right. There's definitely a bigger principle that you shouldn't 
the means doesn't justify or the end doesn't justify the means um and this is a classic case uh because yeah free speech has got to be a bigger principle than well than most than most other issues so what next i believe that we are uh raising money or you're wanting to raise money for um for proceedings yes that's right so um we're a grassroots feminist group um, and we're run by volunteers so none of us are paid Uh, we don't get any uh funding from government or anywhere else um so it's all from small donations and uh with the help of the Free Speech Union, we're going to be crowdfunding to cover our legal costs for this action we're taking. Um, and so we are hoping that we'll find support from New Zealanders um, beyond feminist circles, uh, but from Kiwis who are actually concerned about uh, free speech and about holding these um, public officials to account. Um, so, yeah, if anybody listening is, is keen to help with that uh, litigation fund, it can um, donations can be made on the Free Speech Union website, uh, so fsu.nz forward slash speak up of speak underscore up uh, and I understand that any uh, funds left over depending on how far our action goes will go into the free speech unions um, war chest for any future action that they need to take so yeah we're really really keen um, definitely need we, we've kind of got personal exposure at the moment um so any help we can get from anywhere is very gratefully appreciated yeah and and like like we said earlier you know um even if you're not you haven't thought much about feminism or anything like that it's not about that guys it's it's it's, it's about free speech it's about you know when you defend one voice you're defending all voices so i would encourage people from across the spectrum anyone that has a cause a time will come when they will need to speak up you know you're at risk when when anybody else is at risk so you really got to think hard about that and you know do donate to this because a a good um outcome here it's really going to make councils think twice about going here again you know and that could really start turning the tide for us so um you know we would really appreciate any support you can give to any of these campaigns thanks dane i mean absolutely and thank you so much for um for for existing i mean without the free speech union we wouldn't be able to fight this and um yeah we wouldn't be able to talk in public great well well thank you beth for uh, making time tonight and um, this is an exciting message and one that we uh, hope goes well um yeah we'll um i'm sure there'll be way uh, far more updates in the future so um we'll speak to you then i feel like we'll be talking again soon <laughs> cheers Thanks for listening to the Free Speech Union podcast. If you would like to learn more about us or find out how you can get involved or support, you can head on over to fsu.nz or check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Ka kite anō.